0: Oh, I like to stand, so um, I've been sitting down all day, so I don't want to stand anymore. Um, yeah, that's what was just going on, especially about Irene, what she talked about earlier about how Darwin was in those days. It was a beautiful place to grow up in. And when, even when I was a kid, they'd say, where are you from? And I said, I come from paradise. <laughs> yeah. And it's true, everyone got on with everyone. It was a beautiful, amazing place to live. But as she was saying, um, that leading up to Darwin for Cyclone Tracy, some of it... Some of you might say that, oh, a four-year-old, you might not remember much. Uh, your memory's not that good. But I'm telling you now, there's certain aspects of a four-year-old that when you went through Cyclone Tracy, you will never, ever forget. It was frightening and it was scary. And some parts seemed just like yesterday for me. But leading up to Cyclone Tracy, um, my dad was in the military. My mum's a power-strong Aboriginal woman from the Lar- local Here tribe. And um, just mid-December... My dad got out of the military after serving two tours of Vietnam and was in the military for like nine years. So that was... My mum was six months pregnant and that was going to be my last Christmas present as a single child. So (laughs) my mum, she was like... She's six months pregnant. My dad just got his payout from the military. She was like, we're going to Casarina. It's just open. (laughs) And I'm walking through like, yeah, mum. Load up the trolley. And then... um. So Mum's gone and done the biggest shop I've ever seen in my life. And she's wrapping up all these presents. And I know they're in the house somewhere, but she hit them all. And then two days before Cyclone Tracy hits, Dad takes Mum to... um, It used to be perhaps Cinemas, not too far away from the store. They come home really late. I'm like, where are you used to being? Mum's six months pregnant. She goes, my my car's got stolen! I'm like, what? In Darwin? (laughs) So that was my memory of leading up to... Christmas was, I've got all these presents I know are in the house somewhere, but I can't find them. Dad's car's gotten stolen, so he's got the shits. <laughs> and um, I just couldn't remember waiting, waiting. This is my last Christmas present, my last time as a single child. I'm going to get spoiled. I can't wait. So I remember leading up to it, we've gone to bed. I'm trying to stay up, waiting for Santa to come, drifting off, waiting to Santa to come, drifting off. Then finally I've drifted off. But then... I remember just being woken up in the middle of night. Sound was whistling. That's one thing I'll always remember. is a high-pitched whistle that was the sound of the wind. And I remember my dad wrapping me up. Mum's six months pregnant. And we're like, we got to go, we got to go, we got to get out. And I'm like, what? I'm oh, with Santa, man. <laughs> <laughs> He's coming with reindeers. What's going on? <laughs> remember, I'm only four, so, you know. If you ever go past Trail Road... There's a place, 44 Trail Road, and we are on those units on the side of Rubber Creek Shops, where the markets are. Wheels and those units are upstairs, downstairs, place. So I remember Dad bundling us up and goes, we've got to get out, we've got to get out. So he's got me around his shoulders. He's holding on to Mum, she's six months pregnant, carrying twins. And um, I'm just freaking out, like, what the hell's going on? What's going on? So we're going through what seemed like forever, I remember looking down and the water's up to my mum's knees. That's how much the water's come up near Rubber Creek Shops. And we're walking and we're struggling. We only had to go down 30 or 40 metres but it felt like for ages we had to get to this house. That was our saviour because mum didn't think the house would last. So we're walking up, mum's dad's carrying me in one arm, holding mum. I'm looking around, freaking out. And then bang! My mum's just gone flying in the air. A whole side of a roof have just come by, dismissed me. Mum's gone flying. Dad's trying to carry me. She picks her up and we get to this house. She's banging on the door and they open up the door and there's like 40 people in this house. And everyone's just stunned and everyone's just quiet. Now, anyone that's heard the sound of a fingernails racing down the chalkboard, that's one of the other sounds I remember. That was a corrugated iron roof scraping against the walls of the house. (coughs) And then you hear these big bangs and thuds of things I don't even know what were hitting the walls of this house. This house was a small solid brick. It must have been done by the army because it, it protected us. There was 40 people in there and somehow that house stood with 40 of us in there. We wake up the next morning, I remember waking up and mum's actually put me in the kitchen cupboard. Just so I'm like, what? this is getting a weird man. All I want is my presence. <laughs> so we wake up. Everyone's just stunned. Everyone's just quiet. And we walk out, and all we could see is clearing. That's two-story house that we lived in, those units, where the size of my mum's hip, if we would have stayed in that house, we would have been dead. That house on 44 trail Road saved 40 to 50 people. So we got up the next morning, and I'm looking around... We went back to our house to see if there was anything scattered. Where's my presents, man? (laughs) I don't know what's happened. Someone stole them on it. And then people were just in stunned. Because during that night, there was a lull. When a cyclone hits, there's all this noise and all this rattle, and then it's dead silent. And that's the eye of the cyclone coming over you. So for a second, they were in there thinking, oh, no, we're right, and then bang, it's on again. So we end up getting up the next morning and our Nana lived in Dudley Street. So we're walking down and we'll be like, nah, we've got to walk. We've got no car. Dad's car got stolen a couple of days before. <laughs> so Mum's not feeling too well because she's just got lifted. And so Dad's carrying us and we get to our Nana's house in Dudley Street. It's like three times around the footy oval. And um, we get there and their house is quiet and their house is silent. And Mum's freaking out. She's pregnant. She's hormonal. I've been scared of my mother for 47 years. (laughs) So I don't know what my dad was going through. He might have been in the military, but he never faced anything like her before. (laughs) So um, we get to the Nana's house. Now, Dad's just got out of the military thing and he's actually got called back into the army. I don't know what the rules are, but he only got out like seven days before and they've called him back in. So my Nana had to go to the old Darwin Hospital because she was a cleaner there. My nana's house only had a roof, a little part of a roof missing. So my dad's jumped in, his army mates have come by. A lot of the blokes that he served with in Vietnam still stayed together as good mates. So they've come and picked him up saying, Oi, you just got called back in, get to the base. Mum's freaking out, was like, "We just come out of a cyclone? Now you're leaving me? And I'm like, oh. And, and I'm still going, alright, where's my presents? <laughs> so anyway, we get to our nana's house and there's one present left under the tree. And it's a panda bear. I remember it like clear. Now I've got an uncle, he actually spoke not too long ago in this event, and he's born with one arm. I'm looking at Uncle Richie, Uncle Richie's looking at me, we're looking at the presents, we're looking at each other, and we've gone, Margaret, we've got a beeline. (laughs) Now it's pretty bad ego, because I got beat up by a guy with one arm that day. (laughs) He still has that panda and he never lets me forget it. But anyway, we get to, I'm running out of time now, we get to Nycliffe High School, that was the evacuation plan. Dad's come back in the army truck, for somehow a generator from the army base is in our yard. (laughs) Canvases from the army base is in our yard. A fridge that's connected to the generators in our yard. And I'm thinking, oh, you've got a present? We never got our presents. So anyway, we end up getting. Um, Mum was like, I'm not leaving home, I'm not leaving home. Then I remember these army guys in the back of a truck just saying, Rosie, you've got to get in the car, you're not well, you've got twins, time to go. So we went to Darwin Airport and there was a sign, Adelaide, Sydney, Brisbane, Melbourne. And you just had to line up in that line and that's where that plane took you. We got to Adelaide and the Red Cross was there. And they've gone, oh, you know, we'll, the Red Cross was our saviours. We had nothing clothes on our back and that's all we had and anyway they took us to this, uh, this school that was on, in Adelaide somewhere and they separated the kids from the parents, the parents went to get their, um, all the necessities of life, the food, the water first aid kits and then they opened up this wall this door to this gym room and there was just tables and tables and tables full of presents <laughs> and I've looked at my uncle again, my uncle's looked at me and we've gone yes <laughs> and we've gone in there and that lady just gave us a clothes basket and she said take what you want you kids <laughs> so we've walked out of there with baskets full and but um I remember then we've had I finally got my presents I was pretty upset with Santa for a few years after that <laughs> well if he can get through on a reindeer anywhere in the world he could have got through to Darwin in a cyclone so but anyway we end up Staying in Adelaide for a while, and that's one thing I'll always remember was the work that the Red Cross did. And even there was a butcher that lived across the road from where we were staying, and when he found out we was from Cyclone Tracy, he just gave my mum the biggest... You know, she's probably out here by then, probably felt sorry for her, but he gave us the biggest family f- pack of meat for free. He didn't have to, but that's just the atmosphere and the vibe and the way Australia lifted. When Australians are down and out, our country lifts, and I'll never, ever forget... Australia came to help us in our time of need. And that's why when all devastations have ever happened, our family are the first to put up a hand going, no, we'll go and help. Because we never, ever will forget the help that came to us. Now, when we came back to Darwin, mum wasn't, you know, she's six, seven months pregnant at this stage. She's having a few complications and um, they've just said to her, no, you're not going up to Darwin. You're pregnant. You're staying in town. The mum's like, "Oh, that's from my home. That's my country. My eighty thousand years, my family have lived there, and I'm going home." So she's gone. They've gone. Oh, all right. <laughs> so they're signed off on this letter saying to allow her back in. You wasn't allowed her back in Darwin back then unless you got signed off by the military. So mum's come back in home, and we've finally reached home, and we raced to our nana's, and we lived there for a while, and coming home to devastation, like. They were still doing the clean-up, stuff was still everywhere. But um, one minute left. (laughs) But anyway, we came back home and mum finally had to, like, the doctor had to sign off. So the doctor that signed off and the military signed off for my mum coming home. His name was Dr David Cox. He used to live in Nycliffe. And um, he signed off on mum coming home. But when my mum had the twins, one of them wasn't alive and one of them was alive. And so that boy that was alive, my mum said, you got me home, my son's named after you. <laughs> so we're like, that's how we always remember Dr David Cox. He used to live at have, Polonia Street in If Someone said something at the back there. And he wouldn't even charge local people. If he didn't have money to go to the doctors, he'd make you a feed and he goes, yep, no worries. But that was my memory of Darwin. But the only thing I will say is that for those who are new, those who have never been in a cyclone before, don't be miscomplacent. When you get home tonight, make sure you've got your batteries, make sure you've got your torches, make sure you've got your radios, make sure you prepare yourself. And that's one thing that freaks out my family to this day. Cyclone season comes, we've got a routine. You get your cyclone pack ready and you be prepared because you just never, ever know. And you don't understand the power and the force of nature and the strength of nature until you've been through something like that. I'm still waiting for my last ting-ting. <laughs> I could have been up here for half an hour, you know. She's like, mate, you only got 12 minutes. (laughs) But anyway, I just want to say thank yous to you all because I don't very get to tell my stories. And um, I really enjoyed my time here. And um, I'm probably the only guy that's ever been beat up by the man with one arm over a panda bear. (laughs) Do you ever see this guy called Richie Fiji walk in the streets? Tell him, I want the panda bear back. I don't care if it was 74, 75, I want it back. (laughs) But thank you for having me.